you can change the world. Learn from proven change makers from all walks of life. They'll show you how to raise money, invest for impact, and so much more. You can start small, start today, and never quit. You can change the world by strengthening your superpowers. Now, welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome, everyone. I am thrilled to be here. Uh, Today, I've got this really extraordinary opportunity to share with you this special episode. Today, we're going to be talking about some exciting stuff. I'm going to teach you how to make money with impact crowdfunding. And I know this is new to some of you. This is going to be kind of exciting. There's going to be a little bit of education going on here tonight, but we'll we'll try to have some fun along the way. The key thing I want you to think about is how you can make money even at the same time you are having an impact. This is going to be great. Uh, today, tonight, you're going to learn how to match market returns uh, and you, you probably have a little bit of money invested in the market, even if you don't think about it that way. You also will learn why it's so important to make money, even if you want to have impact. And finally, I'll teach you how to start with as little as $10. And everyone has $10. So stick around. This is for you. Um, I need to just share a little uh, a word of caution as we begin tonight, because the I'm going to be sharing some information about financial stuff. And I am not currently a registered investment advisor or broker dealer or other uh, licensed and certified financial professional. I'm giving you educational information tonight, not investment advice. When you're ready to make investments, if you feel like you need help, I encourage you to get legal tax and financial advice from experts who can help you make financial decisions based on your circumstances. Let's continue the discussion though. Uh, There's so much more to share. I want to tell you a little bit about myself and and, and I apologize. This show isn't about me, but at the same time, I recognize you need a little bit of a reason to be listening to me tonight. I'm going to ask you to spend the show's going to run two hours. If you're going to spend two hours with me, you've got to know a little bit about who I am. And the reality is I call myself a champion of social good and I host a streaming television show here on the E360 TV network. But that isn't all I am or all I have ever been. I am also the founder and CEO of the Super Crowd Inc. And that's a little company that raised money via crowdfunding. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight. And I was also the chief financial officer of the third largest company on the 2009 Inc. 500 list. It was a big company, very fast growing. And I was also the CEO and founder of Thorpe Capital Group, a registered investment banking firm. It was regulated by FINRA and the SEC, and I had a host of licenses. Those have all expired. I don't I don't maintain those anymore. Uh, but but I come tonight with a deep background in financial stuff. And so uh, I have, I think, a message that may be relevant for you tonight. 
Now, let's talk about relevance to you. Uh, you may be saying to yourself, I'm not an investor. This isn't relevant. I don't care what Devin says tonight. Here's why I think you should care. You may be an investor, even though you don't think of yourself that way, right? Do you own a home? About two thirds, nearly two thirds of Americans do own a home. Uh, that is a big investment. Do you have a 401k or 403b? More than half of Americans have a 403, a 401k or a 403b. A 403b is just a public employee's version of a 401k. And uh, about 22% of people have a pension. So most people have some retirement savings. You may also have money set aside for college, for a rainy day. Anytime you're squirreling away money or accumulating value in something, you are investing. So chances are very good you are an investor. And so you're going to learn some things tonight that can help you become a better investor. And I want to argue you can also have more fun. So stick around for this. Let's start by talking a little bit about stock market returns. Uh, the reality is that the stock market over the long haul really consistently delivers about a 10% return. Now, the short run, you know, year to year variations are dramatic. Uh, sometimes uh, the stock market can go up or down 30% in a year. And sometimes you can do that in back to back years. And, and you just think, man alive, either the world is ending or the world is just, holy cow, this is great. I got to be in the stock market. Well, and then it stops, right? Consistently over the long haul, the stock market delivers a remarkably predictable 10%. Um, but, you know, annually with wide variation. Um, but let's put that risk into a little bit of context. As predictable as that is, there can be some very big losses from the 2007 peak to the bottom of the market in 2009, when, during the Great Recession. Uh, the stock market dropped by, as measured by the uh, Standard & Poor's 500 index, it dropped over 56%, almost 57%. Can you imagine losing that much wealth? And and for a lot of investors, the reality is we don't do quite as well as the market, either because we're paying fees to someone to manage it, or we're making decisions that turn out not to do as well as the stock market does. So you could lose more than 56% in two years in the stock market. That's the reality. It is not hard to lose money in the stock market. Of course, like I say, it goes up consistently about 10%, but it's actually hard to get that 10% in the stock market, whether you're because you're paying someone else to do it or because you make decisions like me that are not perfect uh, and not perfectly aligned with the market. Now let's talk about the bond market. The bond market is actually much bigger than the stock market. And uh, if you have an income oriented mutual fund, at least some of that money is likely invested in corporate bonds and corporate bonds yield on average over time, about 6%. Uh, currently, as much as we talk about higher interest rates, the interest rates now are a little bit below that on corporate bonds. So the, the, the opportunity to make 
a good return on uh, corporate bonds, high quality corporate bonds is a little bit limited. But even those high quality corporate bonds do have some risk. It is not unheard of for a very good corporate bond to eventually turn sour and, and trade like a junk bond uh, or even for the issuer to default on the bond and not, not make all the payments. Um, even when everything goes perfectly in terms of the corporation that issued the bond and uh, what sometimes happens is interest rates rise. And when interest rates rise, it, it seems counterintuitive at times, but the value of the bond will fall when interest rates rise because the contract on that particular bond is now worth a little bit less in the higher interest rate environment. So it's easy to lose a little bit of money even on corporate bonds with relatively low yield. So there, it, it's hard to get perfectly guaranteed returns that beat inflation. It really is challenging. So um, I want to shift focus for just a minute. We're just laying a foundation for more of our discussion tonight. And I, I want to start by uh, talking about impact. And when I talk about impact, that may be a new concept to some of you. My fans are, are kind of familiar with it, but I know tonight we're reaching a few people that are new. And I want to talk to you for just a minute about what impact is. When we talk about impact, it's a change that happens, especially in this context, as a result of our investments. And we're talking about changes. Usually we're talking about deliberate changes that we hope we'll see in the world. And you usually think of some sort of good that might come from it. Uh, you might think of that as supporting veterans or uh, fighting to reverse climate change or improve global health or perhaps fight social injustices or fight poverty. And you can accomplish a lot of those things with investments, believe it or not. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, there are some really great ways to invest in carbon reduction, right? You can do that by investing in better solar panels, better wind turbines, electric cars, a lot of different things can yield lower uh, emissions of carbons and can still make a big profit. So you have an opportunity to participate in the upside as well as having an opportunity to help reduce carbon emissions. And you can do the same with global health initiatives, perhaps with vaccines, or you could do that with creating greater prosperity for others, including people right in your own community by investing in uh, businesses that are based near where you live. And those are all opportunities that exist in the uh, crowdfunding market, the investment crowdfunding market. So when we talk about that, this may be new to you. And so you may be thinking that this is just something Devin created. No, I didn't. I didn't create this. Uh, I've been excited about it since it was created over a decade ago, but I didn't help create it. I, I'm excited about it, but I didn't do it. Uh, this marketplace is regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission, just like Wall Street. 
uh, well, in different ways, but it's the same governing body. Uh, and FINRA uh, also regulates Wall Street and they regulate uh, the crowdfunding uh, investment, the investment crowdfunding in industry as well. And there are about a hundred companies now actively participating in this space. That's pretty remarkable. This is a serious marketplace and over $2 billion has been raised in this space, according to crowdfund capital advisors. So this is, this is a real marketplace. We are not talking about uh, something that's untested or fictitious or something that just Devin just invented. This is a real place, even if it's new to you, I assure you, this is a legitimate investment opportunity. So when I talk about impact crowdfunding, what I'm talking about is the idea, the intersection of investment crowdfunding on the one hand, and what's sometimes called impact investing on the other. And for a long time, impact investing was limited to people who were very, very rich. Today, impact crowdfunding allows all of us to participate in doing good in the world with our money and still making a profit from it. Very exciting. Now, I want to talk a little bit about public versus private impact. Here's a reality. Um, when we invest in the public markets, we can align our investments. We sometimes talk about this as the environmental, social, and governance style of investing. We can invest in companies with good governance. We can invest in companies that have social impact and are uh, have a good corporate social responsibility program. They're good corporate citizens in the communities that where they operate. They're good to their employees. Uh, and, and they also may have a, a real serious initiative focused on being good to the planet, right? They're, they're good environmental citizens as well. When you invest in a company like that on the stock market, for instance, what happens? The reality is, unless that investment is made in the initial public offering, or in a secondary offering that does the same thing, where the money goes to the company, most of the time, almost all the time, when you buy stocks on the open market, uh, when you call your broker, you know, no one calls their broker anymore. When you, when you visit your broker online and you put in a trade to buy or sell shares, you are buying and selling from other investors. So chances are, if you are buying shares in a company, an institution like BlackRock is the seller, not the company. And so the result is there really isn't any impact. I still think it's a good idea to align your public investments, your public market investments with your own values. So if you want to fight climate change, maybe owning fossil fuel companies isn't what you want to do uh, as a, for instance. So you may want to align your public market investments with your values. But even if you do that, some would say there is no impact because the money doesn't go to the company. It goes to another investor who sold. 
Now, when you invest in the in a, via crowdfunding, it's a very different scenario. The company always gets the money when you invest via crowdfunding. Now, I, I want to tell you about the Impact Chair Club. Uh, the Impact Chair Club is a little club of I, I like to think of us as small angel investors. We get together every month and we consider investments, very small investments in companies that are doing good and that we can invest in via impact crowdfunding. And we have so much fun. We, we're developing new friendships all the time. Every month uh, uh, we get new people who join us and the group is growing and thriving and, and our impact is increasing as we grow. And I want to invite you to join us. Uh, there are no dues. I never touch the money. You keep the money until you're ready to invest it in one of the companies we choose to invest in as a group. And then you invest directly via one of these 100 portals that operates in this space. And I never touch the money. I don't make any money. I don't benefit in any way, shape or form from the members of the group participating in the club. We just want to become a manifestation, a living, breathing manifestation of this uh, initiative and movement we're creating with Impact Crowdfunding. So if you want to join us, visit the Impact. So visit impactcherub.com. That's impactcherub.com. And we'd love, 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 love to have you join us. Now, we're going to take a short break for uh, a couple of messages. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about why it's so important to make money. And I know if I'm talking about uh, having an impact and doing good in the world, uh, it may seem uh, like a disconnect to talk about why it's important to make money from these investments. But I'll tell you why I think it's important. And then there are two two very good reasons. So stick around. You're going to want to learn about why it's so doggone important to make money. Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four good.com. Join us for Super Crowd 24 for two full days of wealth and impact creating content at this virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have 100 speakers and live pitch sessions. Learn how to invest like a pro and raise money from the crowd. Save 50% with the discount code SUPERCROWD at thesupercrowd.com. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Join the January SuperCrowd Hour. Learn to invest like a pro or how to pitch impact investors. Devin will host five crowdfunding investors. Fiona Budd, Justin Renfro, Jackie Logan, Carl Dakin, and Bill Houston. Register now at thesupercrowd.com. Thanks to our sponsors and co-hosts. Welcome back. 
We're going to be talking about why it's so doggone important to make money here in a minute, but I want to just take a second or two to recap what we've been talking about. You know, the, the fundamental premise of what we're doing tonight is I'm going to teach you how to make money in impact crowdfunding. I want to teach you how to match stock market returns, public market returns like stocks and bonds with what you're doing in impact crowdfunding. It isn't hard. It's something anyone can do. We talked about the fact that the stock market yields about 10%. It's kind of an unremarkable return. That's the average over time. Even though there are good years and bad years, that's the, the outcome. Of course, most people have at least some of their money invested in bonds. Bonds have a lower yield, typically a little less risk, but still not risk-free, even though they only return about 6%. So we can match those kinds of returns pretty easily with impact crowdfunding. Now, what is impact crowdfunding? Impact crowdfunding is at the intersection of in impact investing and investment crowdfunding, right? So we can invest for impact via crowdfunding. And this is a regulated activity regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission and FINRA in a similar way to in the same people that regulate the same agencies that regulate Wall Street. So this is a, a legitimate marketplace that you can participate in and where you can earn returns that match or even exceed. If you do your homework, you can exceed the returns that people earn on, on Wall Street. So let's talk about why now it's so doggone important for people to actually make money doing this. That may not be intuitive. And so let me explain why. Uh, I've had the opportunity to visit with Bill Gates a couple of times. Uh, and I like to mention that at cocktail parties. <laughs> and uh, he is among the very richest people on the planet. And he is a great philanthropist. He is committed to give away 95% of his wealth during his lifetime. And of course, as you probably know, he set up the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation with his ex-wife, Melinda, uh, to give away uh, the, uh, the bulk of his assets. And, and he, over time, he is doing that. He's moving his money into the, uh, into the Gates Foundation. And so the Gates Foundation is one of the largest private foundations now, charitable foundations in the world. So he's a great philanthropist. Uh, and I believe him to be a good person. And yet he very famously focuses a lot of his energy on investment returns, even though he is giving away most of his money. Now, we'll, we'll come back to why he does that in a minute, but I want you to recognize that if one of the wealthiest people on the very, on the planet and a guy who for many years was the wealthiest person on the planet is, is focused on having uh, good investment returns, then if you, uh, who chances are work harder for a living than he does in many ways, right? Uh, if you work hard for your money and you think I want to have a return on your investment, there is certainly nothing wrong with that. Now, from time to time, I and many other impact investors, especially in the crowdfunding market, take the opportunity to invest at below our target returns, recognizing that we're either taking on more risk 
uh, or uh, accepting a lower return for the sake of impact. But more and more, I'm focusing my energy and I encourage, encourage you to focus your investment energy on earning good returns. And there are some very good reasons for that. Um, so let me walk you through. One of the primary reasons is that if you earn money on your money that you invest for good, you can do it again, again and again and again, more and more, right? If you invest $100 and that becomes $120, then you can invest that $120 for impact. And if that becomes 150, you can invest that. And so your impact increases over time because your money is increasing. So you can see that it makes sense for you to earn money. And that is the primary reason that Bill Gates is so focused on money, on earning money, even though he's giving away his wealth, he wants to be able to have as much impact as possible to do as much good as possible. And that now comes from earning returns on his money. Well, we're in the same boat. We may, we may not have as big a berth as Bill Gates on this boat, but we're on the same boat. So let's, let's keep investment returns in mind as we work on how we'll proceed to manage our money. There's another reason that's closely related, but it isn't the same reason. And that is when we, when we target companies that can earn a financial return and pay us back, that generally means that they are likely to become profitable and that they will be on the path to profitability. It may not be next week or even next year, but they are demonstrating a path that gets them to profitability. And it may be next week. It may be right now, right? That they're already profitable. But in any case, when, when profits become a foreseeable part of the future, that company has more value, greater ability to pay you back. But it also means that the company will be able to either profitably sustain itself or attract more capital to stay in business and do more good right? What happens if that company goes out of business? If the company we support and invest in goes out of business, not only do we not get our investment back, but the money we gave them doesn't have much impact, right? If they fail, they can't claim to be doing much good in the world if they're, they've just learned a lesson, right? Uh, that may be helpful, but not nearly as helpful as continuing to have uh, impact year after year after year. So that's why a second reason why it's so important for us to focus on generating profits with our investments. Those financial returns in the first case give us the ability to have more impact by reinvesting and profitable companies, on the other hand, are more likely to stay in business and provide financial returns and continue to have the social impact we target with them. And now that of course presumes that we invest in companies that target a social impact. So we're now going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to talk about some of the fundamentals that you need to understand that you may not need to understand for investing in stocks and bonds and mutual funds in the public arenas, especially if, a 401k manager is doing that for you. 
But now if you're going to be managing your own money a little bit, a little bit, starting with a little bit, uh, there are some things that we need to have as an understanding so that you know some of the vocabulary, some of the words, some of the meaning of the things that drive the financial markets. So let's, let's get started here. Uh, there are six types of investments that are common in impact crowdfunding. And uh, the first that I want to emphasize is term loans. And term loans work like car loans. Chances are good you've had a car loan, right? Most of us have had a car loan somewhere along the line. And if you haven't, you probably, more probably, had a, a mortgage. And a, a mortgage works the same way. It is a term loan and you may pay a little bit every month and eventually over time you pay it all back. In the uh, impact crowdfunding market, we see similar deal terms as typically the most common look a lot like car loans. So they're typically two to five years in length and they fully amortize. That is, you pay the same payment every month or in this case, as an investor, you receive the same payment every month from the company. Um, and uh, as a, you know, a chunk of your investment in the company, uh, you get that same payment every month for two to five years until all of your money is paid back with interest. It's a pretty good system. And what we're seeing right now is interest rates in that marketplace uh, are averaging about we see nine to twelve percent is typical, pretty typical, and so uh, it's not hard to find returns that line up nicely with the stock market returns. Right? That's that's pretty good, pretty good. So uh, term loans are a good way to invest. We we do see a range of things that fall outside of the the uh, car loan model uh, of term loans. Uh, some companies. Uh, uh, invest or, or uh, issue notes that are just one year. Uh, so I've invested in a one year note paid off with interest at the end of a year. And then uh, I've also seen notes that go out much longer, 10 and 15 years. And so you see a range, but most, the most common ones are like car loans that fully pay off in two to five years. That's what's most common. So let's talk about a second kind of financing. And this one is the newest uh, to the marketplace. And it's beginning to get traction, not just in the impact crowdfunding market, but even in Silicon Valley with some startups. There's a, a bit of this going on even there. And the reason is it's a little bit simpler to understand and doesn't require us to wait the company to sell or go public to get our return. There's some big advantage in that approach. So uh, a revenue-based financing is a loan. Typically, almost always, it's, it's structured as a loan. And, uh, but the interest rate is not determinable upfront. Instead, what is determined is a promise to repay a multiple of the initial investment. Typically, that multiple is between 1.5 and three times the initial investment amount, depending on how long they think it will take them to repay. So the closer it is to th two or three years, the more likely it is to be one and a half times. 
If it's going to be 10 years before they can pay you back, it's more likely to be two or three times your initial amount. But the, your ultimate return is easy to determine. That's why this is becoming such a popular form of financing. You put in $100 and you get 1.5 times your money. That means you get $150 when the note matures. And payments are made along the way based on the revenue. So the, the issuer, the company that uses this kind of instrument will typically say, I will pay, the company will pay typically something like 5% of revenue to all of the investors until all of the obligations are paid. And typically, not always, but most often there is a deadline. And that deadline may be uh, three years, five years, 10 years, uh, but there's usually a deadline. And then at that point, uh, the balance, the, any unpaid balance would be due. So uh, that gives you a, a good idea about when you'll eventually get your money. And if the company is has revenue or be, will begin to generate revenue soon, you can begin receiving payments usually within about six months. So it's not as quick as term loans that might start in 30 to 60 days. This is usually about six months before you can expect to get your first payment, but it's a lot quicker than waiting for the company to be sold or to go public, which is the way that uh, equity type investments are made. And all the rest of the investment types we'll talk about are forms of equity. So uh, let's go on to the next one. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that. So the, the, the next type of equity is called debt, but it really doesn't operate like debt, convertible debt. Uh, and so a convertible note uh, is a, a convertible loan that's designed from the outset to convert into equity at a future trigger point. And that trigger point is when the company raises more money, typically defined as a, a series A venture capital round where preferred stock is sold to the uh, big investor. And when that happens and they raise lots of money, then your note gets converted into preferred shares on terms that are usually better than the venture capital investor that comes along later. So you get a better deal than the venture capitalist by being an earlier investor. That's the sales pitch on convertible debt. And along the way, you, are, you earn interest. Now, typically that interest doesn't get paid in cash. It just accrues, allowing you to get more shares when the conversion occurs. That debt also, that debt structure also serves to protect you a little bit, maybe just a little tiny bit in the event that the company fails. If the company fails and there are any assets, that liquidation will go first to creditors and you'll be a creditor as a holder of a convertible note rather than an equity holder. The equity holders get their money last. So if there is any value, recovered in the liquidation of a closing up uh, business of this sort, that would go to the convertible note holders uh, after certain other senior creditors. So it 
it has some advantages um, and but this is typically a very long-term investment right because you're investing even before the venture capitalists who come along and write big checks later on with a very patient mind right they, they have a long-term investment horizon so you may come in and wait three years for a venture capitalist to finally come in and trigger the conversion. And that venture capitalist might be investing with a seven year time horizon. So your investment horizon is realistically maybe 10 years before that convertible note becomes cash again. So it has some disadvantages, uh, but of course, part of the allure of this investment and some of the others we'll talk about is the possibility that the investment you make could go up tenfold or more, maybe a hundredfold. Maybe you put in a hundred dollars and get 10,000 back in 10 years. That's kind of exciting to think about. So that's why people do it. Now, another agreement that has evolved out of the convertible note is a, another type that is common on impact crowdfunding deals is what is known as a safe or simple agreement for future equity. And this is really a convertible note that removes the interest rate. Without the benefit of an interest rate, they stop calling it a note and just call it a simple agreement for future equity. And again, typically it incorporates either a discount or a cap or both such that you get to invest. Your, your safe converts into equity when your capitalists invest but you get a better deal than the uh, venture capitalists who come along later. So again, it gives you a big advantage, but you're still in that situation where you might be investing one to three years before the venture capitalist does. And the venture capitalist may be investing with an eye toward a seven year time horizon or longer. So your investment here with a simple agreement for future equity requires you to be patient. Chances are very good. There will be no opportunity for you to convert that investment into cash before the company sells. And if you needed to try to get cash from that, it would almost certainly be at a painful discount. So you don't want to invest more than you can afford to park for a long time using convertible notes or simple agreements for future equity. Another kind of investment is preferred stock. And this, as I've mentioned, is what the venture capitalists typically get when they invest millions of dollars. And so you'll sometimes see an opportunity to invest right alongside the venture capitalists, sometimes right after, sometimes at the same time, sometimes right before, but uh, oftentimes on the same terms that the venture capitalists get when they are investing in opportunities that have impact, right? We're always talking about impact crowdfunding here today and opportunity to create tremendous value. So when you see companies like this, um, that's an interesting opportunity to in, invest oftentimes with very smart people who are professional investors. That's not a, a bad idea. And it typically means you've cut out the step of investing in 
that before the venture capitalists do, when you're taking more risk and tying up your money longer. Now you're investing right with them uh, more often. It, it, now let me be clear. Sometimes a company will sell preferred shares to crowdfund investors when there is no venture capitalist. So preferred stock doesn't mean necessarily that there will be a venture capitalist in the deal, but that is often the case uh, when, when you see a preferred share issuance, it's because there are already venture capitalists in the deal or coming into the deal at the same time. Now let's talk about common stock. A uh, common stock is, um, and the sixth type of investment that we see in the impact crowdfunding marketplace and common stock is typically the kind of stock the founders have. So a group of founders will come together and then they will take ownership of the company before they start selling any shares or notes or safes or anything else to any investors. They will take common stock for themselves. So when we see common stock sold, most often it's in small businesses that don't anticipate raising uh, venture capital and instead are trying to keep their uh, capital structure, the business structure, the, the deal terms, they're trying to keep it all simple. They don't want things to get too complicated with special rights and privileges for preferred shareholders that are different from common shareholders. So sometimes they, they will sell shares to other investors that are just like their shares. Now there's a disadvantage in that the uh, preferred shares, the venture capitalists like to get preferred shares because they're smart, right? And their, their shares are preferred uh, and have benefits that the common shares don't. But on the other hand, if a company is small and keeping things simple, it may not be detrimental to an investor in certain circumstances to invest right alongside the founders and to share and share alike. Another way to think about that is if you are investing uh, in a business that is led by someone who is less wealthy than you, you might well decide that it's fair to take all the risk that the founder is taking and not impose on the founder any more risk uh, because of the deal structure, right? If you want to genuinely support a founder, right? You may want to decide to invest in a way that is more helpful. And so investing in common stock uh, will often be more helpful than investing in preferred stock. And it can still provide a return. Uh, the company can pay dividends on common stock. The company can redeem common stock and buy it back from you. And the company can sell the, itself and all of its shares, including yours to an investor who would buy the whole thing and pay you cash for your shares. So there are ways for you still to get uh, uh, your money back on an investment in common stock. So as you can see, there are six different instruments that are common and there are others that are less common, but these are the six that I see most often term notes uh, or term loans, the revenue based financing, the convertible notes, the simple agreements for future equity, preferred stock 
and common stock being those six different investment types that we see in the marketplace that you can invest in. Now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about three distinct and different investment strategies that you can use, all of which have the potential to help you earn returns that match or even, don't want to be too bold, but could even beat stock market returns. So when we come back, let's talk about, we'll, we'll talk about these investment strategies. So stick around. You don't want to miss it. This is really kind of the meat. This is really the meat uh, of the discussion that we'll have tonight. So stick around. You don't want to miss this. Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us for Super Crowd 24 for two full days of wealth and impact creating content at this virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have 100 speakers and live pitch sessions. Learn how to invest like a pro and raise money from the crowd. Save 50% with the discount code SUPERCROWD at thesupercrowd.com. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Join the January Supercrowd Hour. Learn to invest like a pro or how to pitch impact investors. Devin will host five crowdfunding investors. Fiona Budd, Justin Renfro, Jackie Logan, Carl Dakin, and Bill Houston. Register now at thesupercrowd.com. Thanks to our sponsors and co-hosts. Welcome back. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here with you to be talking about investment strategies. Before we do that, I do want to take a second to just recap, review a little bit where we've been. So we started off talking about market returns, right? And, and we talked about how stock market returns consistently over the long haul, about 10%, bond markets, about 6%. And you can match those returns pretty readily with impact crowdfunding. And via impact crowdfunding, you can, in addition to earning returns, you can have fun and make a difference in the world that you can't possibly have investing in the stock market. Now, you also, we, we talked a little bit about why it's so important for you to make money. You can have the most impact when you make the most money and you can also uh, predict the companies that will have the most impact by their ability to generate profits. Because when they run out of profits or the promise of profits, they can't raise any more money, they can't operate and they go out of business and their impact ends. So we, we see that it's really important to make money. It's not just selfish, it's important for our impact motivations. And finally, we talked about the, the six common investment interest instruments that are common in the uh, impact crowdfunding arena. So we've laid a foundation now that allows us to have a really earnest discussion around investment strategies. And there are three investment strategies I'm going to lay out for you. And they are all valid ways 
to make money, right? There isn't, one isn't necessarily better than the other. One may feel right to you based on your circumstances, your appetite for risk, your appetite for adventure, right? So depending on how you feel about these strategies, one or the other may be better for you. But from an absolute standpoint, I would say these are all valid, good strategies for investing for impact in impact crowdfunding. So we'll talk about the three. One is what I call yield. The second is the venture capital model. And the third is a hybrid model. So let's get started. Let's talk about yield. When we talk about yield, we're talking about interest and dividends, right? These, This is what people pay us to use our money as investors. We give them money, uh, they do something with it, and they pay us for the privilege of using it. Um, and usually on a yield type investment, we're looking simple at, at pretty simple terms, right? There's a, a stated interest rate. Uh, it may be low or high, depending on your desires, your priorities, but we see interest rates everywhere from 1% to 12%, 13% in impact crowdfunding. And so if you want to sort of donate a portion of your wealth by making a low rate investment uh, for something that you really want to support, you can do that. Or you can target investments that provide a full sort of what we might call a market rate return. Whatever your strategy is on yield, the key here is we're talking about investing in simple term loans. It can be any term, but uh, term loans where there's a fixed payment, a determined payment, and a determined payment schedule. Those are the kinds of loans you make with a yield strategy. Uh, and so in our last section, we talked about six investment types. There's only one term loans that is valid for investing in impact crowdfunding. Um, so, so keep that in mind. Uh, not that, again, all of the high, all the strategies we're going to talk about are valid, but if you are talking about yield, the only kind of investment you want to make is term loans. Uh, now there are kind of two approaches and I encourage everyone to think about this first one as if nothing else, a way to learn. Right? If you put $100 a month into two-year notes for two years, then you'll have invested $2,400. And every month, you'll be scheduled to receive a little more than $100 in return. And you can take that $100 that you get and invest it. And you never need to put any money back in. You can just keep investing $100 that other people are giving you for the rest of your life and you can keep. So if, if this impact crowdfunding market is nothing more than a hobby to you, this is the way to do that on a self-funded basis. Your golf is never going to pay for this. I'm sorry. You're not going to make it on the senior tour. I hate to tell you, I hate to be the one to tell you, uh, you're, but if you are interested in this as a hobby, this is the way to do it. Now, you can also do this as a training ground. You might say, I want to do this seriously in the long run, 
but I want to start testing the waters a little bit and learning about how this all works. This is a way to do it. $100 a month into a two-year note so that all the money is coming back to you quickly. And then if you decide this is too much work, it's no fun, you can quit. I hope you won't. I hope you won't. I hope you keep having impact for a long, for a long time, forever. But uh, if you want to quit within 24 months of, of quitting, all of your money will be back and you'll be able to put it into other things if you want. A more serious sort of, dare I say, grown-up approach uh, to impact crowdfunding would uh, for yield on the yield strategy would be to look at investing in uh, term loans, uh, targeting a, an average return of around 10%. Right now, that's easy to get on the average notes. Of course, there's some risk that some of the companies will fail before they repay all of what is owed to you. So you have to factor that in. So if you want to yield 10% after some losses, you've got to have some investments in uh, 11 and 12% notes to help pay for those potential losses. Of course, keep in mind that this, this approach more readily resembles the bond market that yields only 6%. So if you think of it that way, it's it's pretty easy to match bond yields with impact crowdfunding investments in term loans. So uh, however you want to approach it, let's just use my 10% as an example for a minute to talk about what happens. If you put in uh, $100 of fresh capital every month, plus you reinvest all of the payments you receive, in two years, you'll have $2,644. And I'm ignoring taxes. And you say, well, that's crazy. I have to pay taxes. Well, the reality is if you do this in an IRA account, you won't. So it's not crazy. Now, it's a little more complicated than that. Let me just say the words self-directed IRA and fees. And we'll come uh, we'll discuss that another day, but just know that you can avoid or defer taxes uh, on your crowd impact crowdfund income type investments, your yield type investments. So I have ignored taxes in this calculation, but in two years, you would have $2,644. You would have invested $2,400. So you would have made $244 of interest profits. If you keep doing this for 10 years, you would have invested $12,000, $1,200 a year for 10 years, $12,000, but you'd have $20,484. So you'd have a profit of uh, about $8,000 after 10 years. And if you keep doing this for 30 years, you will have invested only $36,000 at this $100 a month rate, but you would have in your portfolio, $226,000 of loans, a profit of $190,000. Now that's real money. That's real profits. That's very much like what happens when you invest in the stock market. You can get those kinds of returns using a yield approach with impact crowdfunding. I want you to see this is this can represent 
serious money for serious people. And for those of you who have greater wherewithal, if you are investing $1,000 a month, add a zero to all of these numbers, and it would still work just fine. So let's uh, take a look at uh, some of what this means. Um, I want you to visit two websites to begin getting a, an orientation to how this works. For free, you can set up accounts at honeycombcredit.com and thesmbx.com. And these websites, again, they don't charge investors a fee for investing in the loans that are offered on their websites. They, these two uh, platforms, portals, as we call them in the jargon, focus on term loans for uh, small businesses. So there are lots of really cool small businesses of all sorts uh, raising money on these platforms. And so it's, it's a great way for you to learn how to do crowdfund investing. And it's a great way for you to actually grow up and mature. If you never leave the yield strategy, you can still get great returns and great results. And, and we'll talk about more a little bit about how to make sure that you're getting the full benefit of this. But, but just know the opportunity is there for you to earn stock market returns with a yield approach in impact crowdfunding. The second strategy that we'll talk about of the three is what I call the venture capital strategy, where here you're, you're playing like an angel investor, as they're sometimes called, that make early stage investments in startups or venture capitalists, right? And, and the venture capital strategy is pretty straightforward. Invest in companies that are going to go up in value. So that is the, the return venture capitalists target and angel investors too. They target return from appreciation rather than yield. They want the value of the stock to go up. The value of the investment to go up during a holding period. Typically, the holding period is pretty long. Uh, on average, it's about seven years, but sometimes they hold investments for as long as 10 years. Uh, occasionally, even longer than that before they can achieve liquidity, right? Until their company um, exits through an IPO or sells itself to another bigger company that pays cash. So it takes a while uh, sometimes for the cash to come back to you but if the company is performing well, you can see progress along the way, right? You can see that they're generating more revenue. You can see that they're hiring more people, that they're selling more units. And in the impact space, we can see that they're having greater impact every year. So, uh, for instance, if you're interested in fighting climate change, you might see them sell more solar panels or sell more electric cars or sell more wind turbines, whatever it is that they're selling that addresses climate change, you might see them selling more and more of it, right? And so you'd be able to see progress both in terms of the economics and in terms of the impact. Now, one of the things that can happen is that you have some ability to choose your stage of investment. At this point in the impact crowdfunding marketplace, there is unequivocally a bias toward earlier stage companies. 
later stage companies aren't raising as much money as often as earlier stage companies, but some do. I share my newsletter on Substack. Substack is uh, a big revenue generating company that has raised hundreds of millions of dollars of venture capital, and they did a crowdfunding round and raised $5 million in one day on WeFunder uh, last year. So the, there are some opportunities for you to invest in later stage companies uh, along the way, but uh, there is definitely uh, a limited picking right now in the impact crowdfunding arena. There's a, a strong bias toward the the earlier stage companies. But over time, I expect that will change. Over time, I think we'll see more and more later stage companies raising money via investment crowdfunding. Now let's talk a little bit about the venture capital strategy. We talked about the long-term investment horizon. Seven to 10 years is typical. Uh, seven is kind of an average. 10 years is not at all unusual for an individual investment. So if you're making a portfolio of investments, let's say in, in 2024, you make 12 investments, uh, you would see some of those start to turn into cash or failures uh, within a few years. But on average, it'll take seven years and some will take 10 years or even longer to achieve uh, liquidity or to just blow up and die. Um, and let's be clear about that. This strategy tends to be riskier. It has higher potential return, but most of the investments using the strategy will return losses. You will get back less than you invested on most of your investments. How does this work? It's because some investments pay off 10 to one, even sometimes a hundred to one. That's where the returns come from, right? It's, it's difficult to predict which ones really will succeed. Even if you're doing a great job of screening the companies, it's still very difficult. So it's important for you to remember to build a portfolio and to diversify it as best you can. Uh, there, there's a, a note of caution I want to interject here that's just vitally important. I want you to re remember this vitally. And that is if you think you're using a VC style uh, of investment, right? You're using the VC strategy that I'm talking about, the venture capital strategy. But if you put all your money into one company, I want you to be clear, you are not investing, you are gambling. Because there is no way you can know that yours really is the 100 to 1 uh, payoff. It could just as easily be, in fact, more likely to be one of those many that just flames out and dies and never delivers a return to investors. So you've got to keep all of that in mind with the venture capital strategy. But well-constructed venture capital style portfolios do yield uh, stock market or better returns. In fact, uh, in the professionally managed venture capital fund arena, we see that the, the top funds do generate returns that far exceed the stock market. Uh, the middle tier uh, ranges around stock market kinds of returns or lower, and the bottom tier always lose money, right? They fail to get enough winners in their portfolios to even give all the money back and their investors lose money. 
you have the advantage in executing the venture capital strategy that you are not paying fees to a venture capitalist. You are the venture capitalist when you invest your own money in this strategy, but you've got, it takes practice to learn to do it well. And we'll talk more about that uh, in the coming sections here tonight. The third strategy is a hybrid. It is to take some of your money and put it into yield and some of your money and put it into a venture capital strategy. And in that context, there's an additional aspect, an additional investment opportunity that doesn't fit neatly into the yield strategy or the venture capital strategy that fits perfectly in the hybrid strategy. So let's talk about that. So if you're going to do a hybrid and frankly, most crowdfund investors do, invest in a hybrid strategy, if only because whether we are interested primarily in yield or a venture capital strategy, there are some things that are just so tantalizing, so impactful, so meaningful to us that we end up crossing out of our primary strategy to invest in some of the other. So it makes sense to be a little more thoughtful about this. My portfolio is a little bit focused more on the VC strategy, but I find myself shifting more and more to be looking at the yield side of things. So I, I expect that by the end of 2024, my portfolio will be um, mostly invested in a yield strategy, but I will always have a hybrid approach, frankly, uh, that will be a combination of yield investments and venture capital style investments, and increasingly this third leg of the stool, which is the revenue-based financing investments. These revenue-based financing investments, we talked about this, right? In the, when we were talking about the six different instruments that are common in impact crowdfunding, the second type was revenue-based financing in it. These are notes, loans that you make to companies but they promise not to pay them back with an interest rate at a fixed time, but instead when they get cash from revenue, as they generate cash, they pay back the loans and they pay it back, not with an interest rate, but again, they pay back a multiple. So it might be one and a half or two or three times. Uh, the most I've heard of recently is four times the loan amount. And they try to adjust based on how long that will take and the risk that they may not be able to pay you back. Uh, so they, they try to factor all of that in. And of course you need to consider that, but when you are doing a hybrid strategy, these revenue-based financing instruments that don't fit neatly into a yield strategy or a venture capital strategy fit very nicely. So now you can have this third leg of the hybrid stool, which is, the revenue-based financing to go along with yield investments and venture, step, uh, venture style investments. So you just figure out how to allocate your portfolio among those uh, three approaches. And, uh, you know, this is a, a great and perfectly valid way to build a, a, a portfolio. And in fact, I think most impact crowdfunding folks do end up here in the hybrid strategy, even if they didn't get there <laughs> intentionally. Uh, I encourage you to be thoughtful and strategic and to get there intentionally if that's what you want to do. Now we're going to talk a little bit about portfolio construction. I recently had the opportunity to visit with Ani Patton Power. She is an author uh, who talks a lot about impact crowdfunding 
and she is a professor at Oxford University. In other words, I'm telling you, she's a big deal. She is super smart, smarter than I am by a long mile. And she's going to talk a little bit about portfolio construction. I'm just going to share this little clip from a conversation I had with her a few weeks ago. Get a little bit wonky here for just one moment. Uh, so most venture Please. capital portfolios are um, looking for about a 2.8 to three times return over 10 years. That gets you to the IRRs that um, investors are looking for. Now, the way they do that is by um, having 10 investments, one going to the moon, um, and then a couple doing okay, and then the rest failing out. And that's how they get to that three times return, essentially, within their investments. So what investors are doing that are using things like revenue-based financing, redeemable equity, or other types of kind of mezzanine, is that they're building portfolios where 80% of the portfolio is going to return that three to four times. And then you're going to have a couple of the companies potentially not do well. It actually, if you're looking for just, you know, similar returns to venture style returns, which not everyone is, that portfolio construction works. It's, isn't it exciting to think about the fact that you don't necessarily have to take all of the risk of the venture capital of folks to get these kinds of great uh, venture style portfolio returns. But uh, you can, uh, you know, keeping in mind, remembering that venture capitalists really on average rarely beat the stock market, uh, only the best ones do, and that it's so easy for venture capitalists, even professionals, to lose money on a portfolio, not just on an individual investment. It makes sense to really be looking carefully at hybrid and yield strategies to help offset some of the risk, especially while you're learning and growing as a direct active investor. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about an event that uh, we're hosting in April. This is a virtual event, and I want to make sure that you know that you are invited to attend this great event. This will be a two-day virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have a hundred speakers on the program, uh, experts, uh, people uh, from across the country and around the globe will be joining us to give insights. We'll have people who are uh, the CEOs of companies that have raised money. Uh, we'll have the CEOs of portals speaking, the, the, these portals that act as intermediaries uh, for crowdfund investing and many, many other experts of all shapes and sizes and varieties. It's going to be a great event. We'll also have live pitch sessions. So you'll have an opportunity to hear from entrepreneurs pitching live at the event. And then while they're pitching or immediately after, you'll be able to go and make an investment in their crowdfunding campaigns right there on the spot. And you'll be able to hear them kind of interrogated by experts. And then you'll be able to raise your hand and ask a question right there in at the live pitch session. So this is going to be great. You can save 50% off the ticket with the discount code SuperCrowd. So let me get to the punchline here. With that SuperCrowd discount code, early bird pricing, right now you can get a ticket for 20 bucks uh, for a two-day world-changing, life-changing event. You, you, you can't beat it. Uh, register at thesupercrowd.com. You can also scan that QR code that you see on the screen. 
Now, uh, we're going to come back in a few minutes. Uh, we're going to just take a short break here, but we're going to come back and talk about how to increase and maximize your returns. There is a secret. And you want to know what this secret is. If you're thinking, I've learned it all. Devin's trained me on my strategies. I am ready to go. Let me tell you, stop, wait. There's something so vitally important here. The difference between earning good returns and great returns is coming up. So stick around. You do not want to miss this. Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us for Super Crowd 24 for two full days of wealth and impact creating content at this virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have 100 speakers and live pitch sessions. Learn how to invest like a pro and raise money from the crowd. Save 50% with the discount code SUPERCROWD at thesupercrowd.com. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Join the January SuperCrowd Hour. Learn to invest like a pro or how to pitch impact investors. Devin will host five crowdfunding investors. Fiona Budd, Justin Renfro, Jackie Logan, Carl Dakin and Bill Houston. Register now at thesupercrowd.com. Thanks to our sponsors and co-hosts. Welcome back. I, I'm excited to talk about this key concept of how to increase returns because this is so incredibly important. It's so incredibly powerful. You've got to pay attention to this. Stick around. Now, uh, the reality here is I want to share just, I want to take a minute and review kind of what we've learned. We talked in our last segment about the three investment strategies, yield, venture capital, and hybrid. And all of them are valid. You can do exclusively any one of the three. Of course, the third venture cap or the third hybrid is a combination of yield and venture capital with the idea of adding also in some investments in revenue-based financing so that you get uh, an extra component that doesn't fit well in either of the other two strategies. So um, all valid, do whatever you want. Uh, but if you do all of these well, you have the opportunity to match or beat stock market returns. And one of the key things that I, I want to talk about now is the key the essential key to getting those better returns. You know, we can never guarantee it, but, but what we're about to talk about is the essential difference maker. And, and there's good data to support. This, this kind of makes all the difference about whether you beat or trail the market. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. The key is, is, is simple to label, and that is, to increase your turns, to maximize, to get the best you can possibly get, you've got to do your due diligence. Now, I know that you may reasonably be wondering what on earth is due diligence. Well, let me start by giving you a definition. 
the definition of due diligence, this is Devin's definition. Didn't get this out of a book. But this is the thoughtful research that leads to an investment decision. And I've spent in my lifetime, in my career, I don't know how many hours, thousands probably, thousands of hours working on due diligence, either as an investor or working for a company trying to raise capital. And so I have really spent a lot of time in the weeds on due diligence and it can be difficult, but let me tell you, this is the difference maker, right? I'm going to give you five keys to due diligence. These are my keys and these are focused on the idea of making relatively small investments. If a hundred dollars is a, a small amount of money to you. This is the way I would think about how to do diligence, to do your due diligence on a $100 investment. The more money you invest, the more time you should spend. It justifies it, right? If you're going to invest a thousand dollars, it probably deserves more care and consideration than a hundred dollars. If you're going to invest $10,000, got some real money behind you, right? Well, then you really, it justifies spending even more time, right? So, so be sure to spend an amount appropriate to the investment you're making. So these five keys are for investors starting out making small investments. So the first is to try to understand the risks. And I have to admit, it's really hard to ever understand all of the risks fully. Something you didn't foresee could always tank a business that you invest in. That's the reality. But you want to try up front to understand the risks as well as you possibly can. The first key question I would encourage you to ask yourself around risk is do you understand and accept the risk, right? Um, and you've got to be a little bit honest with yourself. There are times when you might even decide to make an investment, but I still would encourage you if you don't understand all the risks to at least acknowledge that you are taking risks that you don't understand. And there may be some other justification for that. Your trust in the management team, your passion for the impact that they're having, something may drive you to that decision, but be honest with yourself. So you know, when you are taking risks that you don't understand. And then you always have the option to invest more time and more energy in figuring out what are the risks you don't understand. The second aspect of due diligence is impact. And here I want to encourage you to make sure that you understand the impact that the company has and how that aligns with your impact objectives. Uh, I tend to be passionate about uh, fighting climate change. That's really a high priority for me. And I love to make investments in that arena and have invested uh, uh, some money in that space. That may not be important to you and that's okay. So that means you and I are going to be probably investing in different things. You, you and I may both invest in an exciting opportunity in the uh, climate change space, say, uh, 
we might invest in, we might both choose to invest in an electric car company that excites us both. But I may be excited by the climate change impact and you may be excited by the zero to 60 time more. And that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Or you might be excited about the fact that the manufacturing plant for that car is in your community, right? And will have a big positive impact on your community. So there are lots of reasons. Um, so you want to try to understand what is the impact and then you want to understand how the company hopes to have the impact. And then you want to be thinking about whether or not that impact can be measured. You might be able to determine that uh, a, an electric car, for instance, has a predictable impact on the reduction in carbon emissions compared to uh, a car driven by gas. So you can actually make some reasonable estimates and determine that, yes, the impact can be measured, uh, it can be predicted, and it can be measured in, in uh, after the fact. So there are some opportunities there, right, to look at that specific question. Can the impact I want and the impact that the company predicts be measured? And then the final thing, of course, is that do you value that impact? And so as you consider all of those questions, you can make a decision about whether you want to invest in the company based on the impact the company hopes to have. The next thing to be considering, and uh, experienced investors would oftentimes put this consideration right at the top, um, but it, it is unequivocally a vitally important question. You gotta look at the management team. And with respect to the management team, there are really two key questions I focus on. The first is, do they have the relevant experience or expertise. If they don't have the right experience per se, is there some other way they've obtained the expertise? For instance, uh, have they added a team member with the right PhD? Or is the CEO a PhD that just graduated? Maybe has no experience or she has no experience, but maybe she's got exactly the right credential. So maybe we give them a pass on experience and look at that expertise. And then the second thing to consider is diversity. I want to talk now for just a minute to people who look like me. That is, to be more blunt, people who share my complexion and my gender and gender identity, right? So I'm, I'm a white man, you know? And if you're a white man, I, I want to call out the reality that you'll probably find a kinship and find a connection and an automatic respect for people who look like you and have shared experiences. Maybe who went to the same college, lived in the same town, who knows, maybe they have the same faith. You'll be drawn to people like that. I want to encourage you very specifically to try consciously and deliberately to broaden your horizon, to recognize that the capital markets have been punishing women and minorities for generations. And, it, you know, we can argue about whether it's been deliberate, but the fact is that women get less than 2% of venture capital. It's consistent. It hasn't improved over the last decade. And uh, members of most minority communities are, are doing very poorly in how they get access to capital, not just venture capital, but 
the capital that people get from banks and other resources as well tends to be skewed mightily toward folks who look like me. And so we want to make sure if you look like me, especially that you take the time to be intentional about looking at investments in people who don't look like you, who are different, to give them an extra uh, measure of credit, an extra cycle of consideration, to try and understand how their experience and perspectives are valuable and might aid the company in achieving success. And so I tend to try to be focused on trying to support as many diverse founders as I can. And I encourage you to do that as well. Now, the next consideration of the five keys of due diligence is to look at deal terms. It's imperative that you understand at least the basic concepts of the deal terms you're investing in. And it's one of the reasons I really like term loans is it's really pretty easy to understand interest rate and years to maturity, right? Those are principles that are easy to understand. If you're investing in a safe that has a discount and a valuation cap and a variety of other features and, and definitions around what triggers a conversion, well, it starts to get a little bit complicated and it's important for you to understand what those deal terms are so that you can understand if you want to accept the risk inherent in those deal terms. So you got to start by making sure you understand the deal and then that you understand, you know, the basics, what's being offered. And if there's an equity component and uh, four of the six investment types we discussed have equity components, right? The convertible note, the simple agreement for future equity, the preferred stock and the common stock, those are all forms of equity, right? And so a valuation is an inherent part of that, a valuation of the company. And you've got to decide if that valuation makes sense. And we sometimes see valuations in the crowdfunding market that don't make sense. I'm going to be honest with you. That's a reality. And it's subjective, right? So I may say it doesn't make any sense. The, the issuer who decided that, that was the valuation probably thinks it makes sense. But uh, you've got to decide for yourself before you make an investment, if an investment, uh, if the valuation makes sense. And if you decide that it doesn't make sense and you decide to invest anyway, you've got to be prepared to lose money on that investment. I, I made one investment uh very much like that i felt like there were some compelling reasons uh, business and uh, professional reasons for making an investment that i expect cannot possibly yield a positive return because of the valuation the the valuation at which the the uh, shares were issued was just way too high by a, a factor of 10. And so my consider my expectation is that even if the company is fabulously successful, ultimately the valuation on this deal uh, will be such when the business is sold that even if it's been very successful, I will lose money because I invested at too high a valuation. So be thoughtful about this. The, those pitfalls are there and you've got to be careful about deal terms, especially if you're investing in equity, you've got to focus on valuation. 
coming back to yield in style investing that comes completely off the table you look at the interest rate and the, the deal terms and does the company have the cash flow to be able to pay you back that tends to be somewhat easier uh, to determine and a great way to start your impact crowdfunding journey okay now the last piece to look at when you're talking about due diligence and these again these are Devon's five keys and you can find all kinds of guides to due diligence on the on the web if you just Google search uh, for angel investor due diligence list checklist that kind of thing you're going to pull up great resources there are books written on this uh, but these are this is kind of my five keys and the fifth key here is prospects right how is the company going to do in the future and this is really I think a pretty important consideration and there are several different ways to look at this uh, one is projections it's less and less common for companies to give explicit projections anymore and I kind of understand why it's actually takes a little bit of skill to read and understand projections and so they can sometimes be misleading to people who lack the um, accounting experience required to understand them fully and so they tend they, they've gone away a little bit it's not not universally provided I like to see projections but I have a deep finance background so I like to look at the projections if there are no projections um, and again it makes it even more difficult to consider how does the valuation that the company may be using line up with reality if you don't even have projections um, so uh, that's a, a key consideration do you are there projections and are they realistic and those are subjective you know wh whether or not it's uh, realistic is a subjective assessment but you're entitled to make that subjective assessment as an investor another consideration in the prospect arena is to think about competition and if the company is doing a good job with the offering they will name some of the competition and make it clear how they fare in comparison to the competition if there's no discussion of the competition you can probably bet that they are underestimating the impact of competition on their business even if it's a small business right you might be looking at um, a loan to a small restaurant and if there's no discussion of the competition you might want to just see if you can do a Google search uh, on Google Maps to see what are the restaurants near the location they're proposing and you may see that it makes you nervous when you see all the restaurants nearby so look at the competition third of course is the marketplace and you want to know uh, and, and in a way this is the other side of the competition poll right if there is a big marketplace there's room for lots of comp competition and there may be a way for your this company to succeed even in a competitive marketplace if the market is growing and if it is big relatively speaking so it, it's uh, look at all of those things to determine how you assess the market and the prospects for the business that you are considering okay now I have a little tool it's a Google spreadsheet 
that I use to help me quickly assess these items when I'm making an investment. So you can visit this list and it's a list that I've shared with the folks at the Impact Cherub Club and I'll share it with you tonight. It's uh, just visit diligence.impactcherub.com and that'll pull that Google spreadsheet right up. Then you can make a copy of that to your Google account and then you'll have this editable account or you can download it and, and load it into Excel and use it there. So it's a, it's, I like to think it's a helpful tool for managing this simple kind of low cost, uh, small investment due diligence strategy for uh, investing in your impact crowdfunding deals. Now, I have a dear friend uh, that I respect tremendously. His name is Brian Belay, and uh, he is the uh, treasurer at uh, King's Crowd. And, or excuse me, he's the vice president at King's Crowd. He's the vice president, the volunteer vice president at the Crowdfunding Professional Association. And he has a key message, and that is good due diligence. That is thoughtful, lengthy, spending the right amount of time on due diligence is essential to getting good returns. This is really the key message of this part of our discussion tonight. And, and this is really the evidence, right? He's going to walk you through. I'm going to share a little video clip and he's going to walk you through how he can prove in essence that due diligence is what drives the difference in returns outcomes. So stick around here. I'm going to play this video for you and it'll kind of blow your mind, but the difference in time as a crowdfunding investor, should you be spending to be able to expect reasonable investment returns? To help address that question, we're gonna take a look at the impact of due diligence time versus angel returns to see if there's a correlation in terms of if you spend more time in due diligence, does it actually correlate with better investment outcomes? This was a study that was done in 2007 by Robert Wiltbank called Returns to Angel Investors in Groups. Now, the study covered a pretty small group, 538 angels across 3,000 investments, but at least starts to give us an indication of whether there is a correlation of time spent in due diligence versus investment outcomes. Now, you'll notice here that the median investment time for due diligence was 20 hours. This means that half of the people, half of these angel investors spent more than 20 hours, while half of them spent less than 20 hours. You'll even notice that roughly one quarter of these investors actually spent more than 40 hours per deal doing due diligence. Now, when you take a look at this chart, uh, some interesting things start to come out. First, what you'll notice is that the group with low diligence, that is the group that did fewer than 20 hours investments, is shown in red here. There was many, many more deals that returned less than 1x of the capital, which is essentially traditionally considered a failure. Uh, if you're not returning what you at least invested, you're getting cents on the dollar, if anything, back. Now, similarly, if you take a look at the difference between the red and the blue on the high end of the chart, these are the very positive outcomes, those home run returns of 10x to 30x or more. There was a very small number of the people of the angels who spent less than 20 hours actually had 10x plus returns, whereas there were more, relatively speaking, of the people who spent the high diligence 20 plus hours of time who had those positive outcomes. So as kind of cohorts, if you look at the group that spent less than 20 hours, they had a 1.1x overall return. 
basically breaking even for what they invested. If you take a look at the group that had the high due diligence, this is those who spent more than 20 hours, there was a 5.9x overall return. So Will Payne's takeaway from this study was essentially that when it comes to due diligence time, more hours of due diligence positively relates to greater returns. I think the, the, the Will Bank conclusion there is a little bit undersold. Uh, the, the key data point I would point to is that the people who did the good due diligence had returns that were about five times as high on average as the people who did the poor due diligence. That is those who did a lot versus those who did a little. So I, I really think this is the key. This is the key to good return. So I, I don't want you to lose sight of this. And I, I want to talk about some three points of leverage. Uh, Brian was talking about the need to do more than 20 hours of due diligence on every deal. Well, the reality is that doesn't make sense on very small investments. So how do you get around that reality that you can't spend 20 hours on the one hand, but if you don't, you're likely to make poor decisions. There are three points of leverage I want to highlight that will guide you to better outcomes and better due diligence results and better returns, even without doing fully 20 hours on your own. So the first key point is practice. Uh, you, you will never get good at do, do, doing due diligence, a little bit of a tongue twister. You'll never get good at it without doing it you have to start doing it. So I encourage you to start making investments and to start practicing. If you are starting with what feels to you like a tiny amount of money, it will be easy for you to make decisions where you may feel like it's uncomfortable, like you haven't tested all the things you wish you could. And that's okay as a place to start. Over time, as you begin to make bigger and bigger investments, you want to get better and better at doing the due diligence. But you've got to start somewhere. And somewhere is probably doing less than all you should do. So make it on small investments. Okay, second point of leverage. Brian is a very generous guy who would never talk about his own company the way I'm about to talk about it. But King's Crowd is a company that for $10 a month will sell you due diligence research reports uh, on many of the companies that are raising capital in the crowdfunding marketplace. So you can get some great insights for just $10 a month. I encourage you to consider looking at that. I would encourage you unequivocally to look at King's Crowd and determine whether it fits your budget, your investment uh, patterns, et cetera, et cetera. So, Definitely look at that. There's some resources there that can help. If, if someone at King's Crowd is spending 20 hours on a diligence report and you take one hour to read it, you're, you're probably getting much, if not the full benefit of those 20 hours. Finally, I want to encourage you to join an investment club. When you join an investment club like the Impact Cherub Club, you get the benefit of lots of perspectives, lots of expertise around the table. And, and that may be the uh, expertise of a mother uh, who's telling you about her experience with formula and someone's got a new vegan formula for ch children or babies 
And, and that experience may be highly relevant if you happen to look like me and have never had kids or something. So, you know, the expertise may come from unlikely or surprising places, but you'll also have in your club, in, in a typical club, you have people that have deep experience. Like uh, in our club, we have a woman who spent 20 years on Wall Street. And so she is a powerhouse expert on doing due diligence and on investment terms, et cetera, et cetera. We look to her all the time for guidance. Other, uh, And so we've got great clubs and every club will have that range of people and everyone brings their perspective. Everyone brings their expertise, leverage that so that you don't need to spend 20 hours yourself on every $100 investment you make. Now, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to tell you how to start with $10. This is going to be great. Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us for Super Crowd 24 for two full days of wealth and impact creating content at this virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have 100 speakers and live pitch sessions. Learn how to invest like a pro and raise money from the crowd. Save 50% with the discount code SUPERCROWD at thesupercrowd.com. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Join the January SuperCrowd Hour. Learn to invest like a pro or how to pitch impact investors. Devin will host five crowdfunding investors. Fiona Budd, Justin Renfro, Jackie Logan, Carl Dakin, and Bill Houston. Register now at thesupercrowd.com. Thanks to our sponsors and co-hosts. Okay, we're going to wrap up here quickly, but uh, and we I will tell you about how to invest with $10. In fact, but before I do that, I want to just tell you a little bit more about Supercrowd Baltimore. That's a, a one-day in-person event. I'll be there in Baltimore on March 21st. We've got a tremendous, impressive, excellent roster of speakers. We've got about 20 speakers on the program that day. It's really going to be an exceptional uh, event, and you definitely you, you don't want to miss uh, Supercrowd Baltimore if you live anywhere in the area. Note you can get thirty percent off with the super, with the crowd soup with the code Supercrowd, and uh, just visit the Supercrowd.com. Or if you're uh, watching on television, you need to scan that QR code with your phone. Okay, how to start with ten dollars? We're gonna get to that. I promise. Give me a minute. We're going to talk first about a quick review of what we learned in the last section. And the key takeaway, due diligence improves financial returns. Absolutely essential to understand that you've got to be careful with your investing. And I want to add to that, that it will also help to deliver greater impact. If you are following my checklist and looking at impact, it's going to improve your impact as well as your financial returns. Okay, now I want to talk about diversification. Uh, the key thing to remember here is that similar investments behave similarly. 
So that means if you are invested in a group of stocks and you think you have diversified, but they're all in the same industry, let's use, I love electric cars. I've talked a lot about them tonight. I've invested in a nice little portfolio of electric cars and those stocks have done very poorly over the last 24 months. So the reality is they haven't moved right perfectly together, but they tend to move up and down more or less together. And so you are not really well diversified if you're investing all of your money on a tight theme. Venture capitalists do this and the venture capital strategy might suggest you do that. But I want to invite you to be cautious about this aspect of it. Look to see if you can diversify. So we'll talk more about how to diversify. There are three axes of diversification that I would encourage you to consider. The first is public and private. Public markets and private markets are different. They behave differently. And if only because private companies are harder to value, you can't get a moment by moment, day to day price for a private company stock, which means you tend to leave it on the books where it was last valued by an investor. And if that investor was you, it's where you invested. So it, it takes some of the emotional drama out that you see in the public markets, where if you invest a thousand dollars in Ford, you can watch that price at thousand dollars go up and down every single day, every single minute. In fact, every second it's moving a little bit. So uh, you want to have, I think, some private and some public investments in your portfolio. So that's one axis of diversification to consider. Another axis is industries. Uh, so this is like I was talking about with electric cars. If your whole portfolio is electric car companies, when they go up and down together, you're either going to have great years or terrible years in your portfolio. And uh, if that industry does poorly over time, you could get wiped out in the long run, right? If it, if it never really blossoms into what I hope it will, you'll be sorry. You have only a portfolio of electric car companies. So I want to encourage you to look to diversify across industries. And uh, it helps to go broader than just, say, adding solar panels and wind turbines. You, you probably want to look at some investing in local restaurants and, and other things that are way outside uh, the, the nature and, uh, of an electric car company, as a for instance. Okay, so then the next issue uh, would be looking at securities versus real estate. So um, if you own a home, you may, depending on how wealthy you are, that may be enough real estate exposure for you. Uh, and then if you have a 401k, you may be good on your public stocks. So it may be time just to add private stocks, but you need to sort of assess all of this. But uh, most of us can benefit from having a little bit of real estate exposure in our portfolios. And you can invest in real estate via impact crowdfunding. Uh, there are opportunities to do that. So don't, don't think that because you need to add real estate to your portfolio, that you can't do impact crowdfunding. You can't.
Okay, now I promised I would tell you how to start with $10 and now I'm going to tell you. Most crowdfunding websites have some deals that have a minimum investment of $100. A few have some that are a little bit less than that, but it's pretty rare. But at least for now, there is one uh, impact crowdfunding portal that I just love that has a standard basic minimum on every deal that is $10. And so you can start really small there and you don't have to do $10. You could do 20, you could do 50, whatever fits your budget, but just know that you don't have to even start with a hundred dollars a month and you can start actively investment investing on the website call for SMBX. Uh, that's, it stands for the small business bond exchange. And the website is the SMBX.com, but just Google SMBX and you'll get right to that website and you'll be able to start investing in impact crowdfunding deals with $10. What a great way to learn. What a great way to practice. What a great, great way to start learning how to do the due diligence and all that goes with impact crowdfunding. That's a great place to start. So uh, I want to invite you to subscribe to my newsletter. Uh, you can do that at s4g.biz, that little short URL, s4g.biz, or you can scan that QR code to, to join my newsletter. We'd love to have you subscribe. I, I really want to thank you for taking the time to be with us tonight. It's been a joy to share some of my insights with you. And I also want to invite you to become a regular viewer of my show. Usually it's not just me talking. I, I My pattern is to have guests on the show and we talk about uh, how to change the world, and make it a, a better place. Uh, many of my guests now are people who are in the impact crowdfunding community, whether they're portal executives or issuers trying to raise money or investors who have insights to share. We're talking to all of them. You don't want to miss it. We air the show at 11 a.m. Eastern. That's 8 Pacific uh, in the morning on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So join us there on E360 TV uh, 11 Eastern, uh, 8 Pacific on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll look forward to seeing you in the future.